0: We are on Yavamos, Samah Adalid, towards uh, 64B, uh, towards the bottom of the Gemara. We are in the middle of an interesting discussion. Uh, the discussion essentially centers around the question of how many times does a certain event have to take place in order for us to assume, or at least be concerned, that it will take place another time, that we have to make sure that maybe this will take place another time and therefore we would have to act based uh, based on that knowledge over the fact that that event took place already a few times. And so there's a dispute. This is what's referred to as a chazaka. A chazaka is that something happened a few times and then uh, we establish it as we assume that it will take place another time if it's, if that scenario comes up again. Um, so there's a dispute between Rebbe and Rameshim Ben Gamliel, how many times does this event have to occur? Does it have to happen twice or three times? And in the Gemara that we saw in the last recording, uh, we essentially discussed three different scenarios, three different cases uh, where they have this dispute. Uh, we discussed our Mishnah. Our Mishnah was one case, or at least an inference from our Mishnah, where our Mishnah says that if you have a couple uh, who, and they were married for 10 years, and they did not have children, so then they have to get divorced. So they get divorced, then she marries somebody else. Again, they're married for 10 years, um, and they don't have children, so they have to get divorced. The question is, could she then marry somebody else? According to Rabbi, she cannot, because we have established that she is not able to have children. According to Rebbe, she could get married a third time. If there's a third time, they're married for 10 years, and... Uh, They still don't have children, so then Rabbi Rabbi Shimon will agree that she cannot get married a fourth time. Now, just to point out, when we saw that Mishnah originally, uh, in the end of the day, we do not follow this today. Today, we do not follow this. uh, With regards to that particular application about uh, getting divorced, if you're not able to have children, we follow that even if you cannot have children, you could stay married, you do not have to get divorced. And we discussed that whole issue at the time um, uh, earlier this week. Uh, but that's one example. The second example is what happens if a couple is married and her, her husband passes away at a younger age. And then she marries somebody else. Again, passes away, unfortunately, at a younger age, the husband. Uh, so uh, according to Rebbe, she cannot get married again. According, according to Rebbe Shimon ben it has to happen three times. So it happens a third time, and then she could go ahead and uh, she's not allowed to get married. If it happens three times, we assume that uh, there's something uh, something going on here, as we will explain in a second. And then the third case is has to do with the bris milah, circumcision, uh, where a, a baby, let's say, first child, the first baby boy has a circumcision and dies as a result. The second one dies, third one, either according to Rebbe, you cannot perform a circumcision on the third one. We tell you don't do the mitzvah because it's a dangerous scenario, a dangerous situation. The sakhanas nafashos, the uh, concern for life, overrides whether or not you do the mitzvah when it comes to bris milah. According to Rabbi Shimon Ben Gamliel, you would do the circumcision a third time. If, if unfortunately, the baby dies from the third circumcision, uh, the third baby dies, so then you do, would not do it a fourth time. And so those are the three scenarios which we gave. And we ended off with the Gemara. The Gemara says, I understand the case of Brismila, the case of circumcision, because it reflects uh, the family, that there's something, uh, a medical condition within the family. But what about uh, the other cases about marriage? How, how exactly does this work from a medical perspective? Uh, that her, that the woman causes her husband to die at a, at a younger age. Uh, so the Gamari gave two different uh, potential reasons. Uh, one reason would be uh, that, yes, that there's something medically that gets transferred uh, over during the act of sexual relations, during marital relations, something is, gets transferred over. And the second explanation is it's her mazel, it's her bad luck. And we didn't mention this last time, but what does it mean it's her bad luck? So there's different explanations. I guess uh, the simple explanation might be that bad luck means that uh, it's her bad luck that uh, she's not supposed to be married, I guess. Uh, She's not supposed to be married, um, and so therefore her husband passes away, and that happens a second time as well. Uh, There's another explanation that's given. Uh, The rush, in fact, says uh, that what happens if it's in the opposite direction? He says, what happens if uh, it's not the husband who's passing away, but let's say uh, there's a couple that's married, and then the wife passes away, and then the... The husband has a second marriage, and then again the wife passes away at an early age. Would we say the same thing or not? And the rush says, no, we wouldn't say the same thing. Why not? So he says, says, very interestingly, he says that the mazel that we're discussing here is not the bad mazel, the bad luck, because they're not supposed to be married. The bad luck is that uh, she was destined to not be supported, to not have money, to be a poor person. And she is supported by her husband. Therefore, because she's not allowed to be supported by her husband, her husband passes away. But when it's in the opposite direction and the husband is married, the the couple are married, and she, the wife, passes away, well, in the days of the Gemara, the husband was the one that supported the family. And so therefore, even though the wife passes away, but it's not that he has bad luck because he still has a job. He's still supporting himself. And so therefore, the whole principle wouldn't even apply. And so that's why some want to say, this is a big dispute, but some want to say that today, where the wife could support herself, and does support herself, if it's a scenario where she does support herself and her husband passes away, none of this would apply, because it has nothing to do with her bad mazel. The bad mazel has to do with the fact that she can't support herself, but she is supporting herself anyways. She's independent. She's able to support herself independent of her husband. Um, and so therefore, uh, this the fact that her husband passes away doesn't prove that she has bad mazel, because she's still supporting herself. She has her own job. She's able to make her own money. Um, and so therefore it wouldn't apply nowadays. So that's just an interesting uh, point from the last line that we mentioned in the last recording. Uh, There's also a whole big discussion of uh, what happens if the first marriage wasn't a halachic marriage, it was only a civil marriage, and the husband passes away at a younger age. Um, uh, What happens if it was before they converted, let's say there was a conversion uh, she was married before the conversion of the husband pathway, All different scenarios like this, That all of this is discussed uh, by the various poskim, by the various halachic authorities. The Gemara now wants to know, in the end of the day, we have this dispute between Rabbi and Rabbi Shemim two or three? Does the event have to ha- take place two times or does it have to take place three times? In so the end of the day, what's the halakha? Who do we follow? So Amalei Rav Yosef Le-Ravah. Rav Yosef, the son of Rav tells his father, essentially the following co- conversation took place, By I asked Rav Yosef, a different Rav Yosef, so Rav Yosef is talking, and he says, I asked a different Rav Yosef, Rabbi is the law like Rebbe who says to Amrli in. He said, yes, it is. And then I said, Halacha, at a different point in time, we were having a different conversation, and I said, Halachic wheel is the law... Like Rabbi Shimon who says, the event has to first take place three times in order for us to be established it as something which we assume will take place uh, again. in, he said, yes, we follow Rabbi Shem ben b'Gamliel. So he asks, he asks Rabbi Yusuf, Are you just making fun of me? I ask, are you like Rabbi? You say yes. Is it like Rabbi ben You say yes. What are you talking about? They're arguing against each other. How can you just always just say yes? You're you're, you're mocking me. You're making fun of me. So Amar Leirvisher says, "No, God forbid." Lo, stamihi The lacha. He says, "Really, sometimes the Brisa or the Mishnah they say that there's a certain law, and sometimes, and they don't explain. This is according to Rebbe, or this is according to Rabbi Shimon Ben They just say the law, and sometimes we therefore we follow Rebbe, and sometimes we follow Rabbi Shimon Ben It really depends on the case." And so the Gemara will now go through four different cases. One of the cases is the same as what we've been discussing uh, until now. But we'll be discussing four different cases. Two, twice we follow Rebbe, that the event has to take place only twice for us to establish it as something that we have to be concerned about. And there we'll have two other cases where, it, where we follow Robin Shimon Ben-Gamliel, who says that the event has to take place three times. So what are the cases? So he explains uh, the case of marriage and malkos and lashes is like Rebbe as the Gemara will explain what we're referring to here but the case of Vestos of um, in, in, expecting a period for a woman that when she becomes uh, Temea when she becomes impure and with regards to the laws of muad, uh, an ox who gores and is, has established himself as, as a dangerous animal that follows Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel. So what are we talking about here? What are the four different cases? Nisu and Amran. When it comes to marriage, that's what we discussed before. Our Mishnah. Our Mishnah says, they're married for 10 years, not able to have children, they get divorced. She then marries a second husband, and again, 10 years, and they get divorced. We follow Rabbi. Once it happened twice, she cannot go ahead and get married to somebody who needs to fulfill the mitzvah of having children. She can marry somebody who, who already fulfilled the mitzvah, but if... It's somebody who needs to fulfill the mitzvah. She cannot get married because we assume that she cannot have children. It happened twice. And the post can, some of the posts can say that this would also extend to other marriage scenarios of, let's say, her husband passes away young. If it happened twice, she cannot get married a third time. Now, uh, there's a big discussion what happens if they do get married. Uh, if they do get married a third time, do they have to get divorced or not? Some say they do have to get divorced. Others say that, no, they don't have to get divorced. It's not that we really assume uh, that... Uh, with certainty that the husband will pass away, and it's like he's committing suicide. No, that's not that's not what we're saying here. It's something that we have to be concerned about. But if they get married, then they don't necessarily have to get divorced. That itself is a is a big dispute. And also with regards to Brismila Brismila also uh, the logic behind all this, all these marriages that we follow, Rebbe. Why is it that sometimes we follow Rebbe, sometimes we follow Rebbe Shimon Ben Because in this case, we'll discuss all the cases, but at least in this case, this is a case of real sakana, of real danger. Either it's danger to the husband, and therefore we have to be super concerned. We say if it happens twice, we're concerned. Or it's danger that you won't have a child, which we saw earlier. Not having a child is uh, almost equivalent to to murder itself, uh, to intentionally not have a child. Um, So there too... We want to be super stringent and say if it happens twice, then we have to be concerned that she cannot have a child. And also, when it comes to circumcision, if the circumcision is causing the death, that's something which is very, very serious. We have to take it very seriously. It's uh, Someone's dying. And so, therefore, we'll be super stringent and say that if it happens twice, we're already concerned. And th- that is all that falls under Nisuin. What's the second case? malchus when it comes to lashes, the Tanan, because the Mishnah says, Mishalaka Vishana. Let's say a person does a sin. And not only do they do a sin, but it's such a severe sin that they're deserving of lashes. And they were warned before they committed the sin in front of two witnesses that they would be receiving lashes. And they do it. And then they do it again. So they receive lashes twice. So now they've established themselves as Risham, as wicked people who they don't care about the punishment and they don't care about uh, the warning. They they don't care. They'll take the lashes. It happens twice. So we follow Rebbe here. And if it happens now, now that they're established as after it happens twice – as a Russia, as somebody who's wicked, once it happens another time, so then, based in, the, the court puts them essentially in some form of a jail. So it's really it's not a jail. There's no halachic concept of a jail, but at least they're, they're secluded, and it's basically a form of a death. They feed them barley until the person bursts. Um, essentially, it's a form of death because they've already established themselves as somebody who's wicked, or somebody who doesn't care. About the punishment, they don't care about the warning; they're not listening at all. So once it happens again, so therefore um, they essentially uh, die, Um, and they're 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 violating a very serious uh, and severe punishment violations uh, commandments. So uh, that is the second case where, again, here too, it is necessary for us to be stringent to follow Rebbe who says. Once it happens twice, we're now concerned because this is about removing evil from within our midst. Um, somebody who doesn't care for law and order, and it happens multiple times, uh, so then they have to they have to get punished. Uh, and so that is case number two where we follow Rebbe. We are more stringent to follow Rebbe to say once it happens twice, we have to be concerned. And therefore, if it happens a third time, uh, there will be a severe ramification. Now we have two other cases where we follow Rebbe, Shimon, Ben Gamlil, Vestos. What is Vestos? The tenan. Ena isha. Moving on to 65 This has to do with the laws of Nida. Uh, we know that with regards to the laws of Nida, uh, of a woman who has her period, so she becomes Temea, she becomes impure. She's also not allowed to have marital relations with her husband until uh, she waits uh, seven clean days and she goes to the mikvah. Uh, where she doesn't see blood and, and she goes to the mikvah. And so there is a concept called Vesas, which is an idea that uh, if she has established herself, that she sees her period consistently three times in a row on let's say the same, during the same time period, meaning let's say the same day of the month. And she recognizes that she has her begins her period always on the same day. And the Misha says it has to happen how many times? Not twice, but three times, like Robert Sherman and Binghamville. If it happens three times in a row, three months in a row, where she begins her period on the same day, so then we could assume uh, that we only have to be concerned for that day itself. For that day itself, we have to be concerned, meaning in the next coming month, that that's when she will have her period. She's not allowed to have marital relations during that time, even though she didn't have her period yet, but because it happened three times on that day, so therefore we have to be concerned. We are worried that it will happen again on that day. Therefore, they're not allowed to have marital relations. And in order – let's say that her period doesn't come that day. In order for her to have marital relations moving forward, she would have to essentially – what we refer to as a badika. She would have to check herself to make sure that there is no uh, blood in the vaginal area. Um, and so once it happens three times, once it's established three times, that's when we say that she has, uh, has established herself as, as having her period on, let's say, that day of the month. Once it happens three times, and then moving forward, we have to be concerned for that particular day within that month. In order to undo an established veses, uh, you have to have three months where it's not on that day, and so three is the clear number here because we follow where Shimon Bingham Lil, and so therefore three is really the is the defining number to tell us when we are going to be concerned moving forward, and that has to do with veses, uh, and then follow, and someone to explain that the reason why we are um, wait until three, why aren't we stringent. Uh, like Rebbe here, uh, the reason when it comes to the period is because this is this is a rabbinic law. This is a rabbinic law that you would have to not have marital relations during this day, and that you would have to wait. Um, this is that's all on a rabbinic level. So since it's on a rabbinic level, we will be uh, we will we'll delay it and say it has to happen three times. It's not on a biblical level; it's only on a rabbinic level. And finally, case number four. Case number four is Shor Hamuad. There are different laws that are there are differences between an ox who gores once or twice versus an ox who gores three times. Once they gore three times, uh, so then uh, the owner has to pay the full amount of the damages. If it's just once or twice, it doesn't have to be the full amount. Half the amount of the damages of what their animal caused, what their ox caused. Once they reach the level of Shoramuad, where they gore three times, uh, so then uh, you would have to pay the full amount. It means that you have to take greater concern. This is an ox who's uh, dangerous, and so therefore the owner has to be more concerned, has to take uh, more action to make sure that the ox does not gore a fourth time, but it, the number is the number three. It has to happen, it has to take place three times uh, in order for us to establish this ax as a shor um, hamuad, And with its various halachic ramifications, which are really not for now, uh, but uh, essentially you would have to be if he gores a, third ta- a fourth time after the first three times, so then you'd have to pay more. Now, there is a very interesting discussion, which is also not for now, uh, but there is an interesting discussion when we say that the ox scores three times, so then why all of a sudden do we say that uh, once they gore a fourth time, so then the owner has to, uh, owner of the ox has to pay the full amount and not just half the amount of the damages, um, and uh, is the reason because once they gore three times, so then, over time, uh, we we see that there's a pattern occurring. And over time, this ox becomes a dangerous uh, ox. Over time, or do we say that no? It's really uh, it, it shows us something. After the after the ox is the three times, it's a megal. It reveals to us the fact that all along, from the very beginning, this ox was an ox that uh, was dangerous. But if it was from the very beginning, it's just we needed to take place three times in order for us to establish it as such. Uh, but it's not that over time it's getting worse and worse, but it's just revealing to us that the entire time uh, this ox was a shor and was a dangerous animal. Now that has various halachic ramifications, which are beyond our scope for uh, the for this recording. Um, just one last point: there's an interesting explanation that's given by Rabbi Soloveitchik who says that uh, there's really two different types of chazakas. We're discussing the whole these whole concept of chazakas that once an event takes place two or three times. Um, it now establishes itself. We have to be concerned for this event. Uh, so he says that uh, when we require two times, what's this difference? Sometimes we require two, sometimes we require three. When we require two, that's when we need the chazakah to explain to us the facts, to be mevarer, to just uh, define what happened. What is taking place? We don't know what's taking place. What exactly is taking place? Once it, once it occurs twice, so now it's enough from a halakhic perspective for us to assume that we have a better understanding of what's taking place when do we require three says Ralph Soloveitchik we require three when it's not just there to tell us the facts that we don't know about but it's to define a status so for example to define the status of when is it that she now has uh we are defining this day as the day in which she will have her period moving forward that's defining the status that requires three or to define this animal as an ox this ox is an ox who gores uh consistently and we have to be concerned that's giving a definition that's defining this animal as such. So when it comes to creating a halos shame, uh, defining this animal as such, that requires three. When it's about just explaining, being mevarer, explaining the situation, what is actually taking place, that's when we require uh, two. So that's another interesting explanation uh, that is given uh, to explain this difference. Okay, we will continue with the Gemara in the next recording.